Man, it's a great day to be in church, great way to start off the new year being in church, and um, a couple of those things that Pastor Paul mentioned. Uh, yeah, last week, Pastor Paul and I were both away, and that was special for us to be with family, and so this week, and Pastor Todd as well, and so this week, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Bonnie are away, and uh, we're here, and Pastor Todd is uh, preaching at Whiting Assembly of God this morning, which is, again, really special for him, the first Sunday of the new year to be able to share in uh, the congregation that he'll be ministering to. And um, I know he's meant so much, and uh, he and Stephanie and their family have meant so much to our church family. And so you definitely want to be here on uh, January 15th to honor them, maybe write them a card or something like that, share a memory with them. They're still part of our church family. That's what I saw on him. I'm like, you're still part of our church family. You're just kind of like over there part of our church family now. You're just doing this. And so we still love them so much and excited about what God's doing. And uh, so just be in prayer for them as well in a transition period and, and for our church and everything. So, But again, want to say Happy New Year to everybody. And man, Christmas, I hope it was great for you. I don't know what your holiday season was like. Sometimes it can be great. Sometimes it can be difficult. For me, I love the Christmas season, my favorite time of year. And so it's always sad for me to put the Christmas decorations away and uh, everything looks more bare and depressing. That's how I feel. Some people are like, no, it's back to normal. Thank you. You know, not me. I'm like, oh, it's so sad going away. But what happens after Christmas? What's next after Christmas? Of course, it's New Year's and a lot of times it's New Year's resolutions is next. And, uh, you know, some, you may make New Year's resolutions, you may not. But I think kind of the attitude, the perception a lot of times around those is that we don't keep them, right? That that's something we want to do and you may not always keep them. But what I wanted to think about today was not so much to push you to make one or not make one or make you feel guilty or something. Instead, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. How, what, what if God had a New Year's resolution for you? You know, I think usually when it comes to New Year's resolutions, we're just thinking about how we want to better ourselves how we want to improve. Maybe we have some personal goals or career goals, and those are all great. But what New Year's resolution might the Lord have for you to make? How might he want you to grow in 2023? And I ask that because, you know, I think when we reflect back on 2022, hopefully it's been a good year for you. For some of us, it hasn't been a good year. Maybe you see highlights, maybe you see lows. But as we enter 2023, how have you grown in the Lord in 2022? Hopefully you have an answer to that question. But I know that there are some of us that may find it difficult to answer that question. I can tell you what happened to me in 2022. I could tell you what changed about my life in 2022. But maybe if I say, how did you grow closer to the Lord in 2022? You may struggle to kind of have an answer. Uh, I don't know. I still went to church. I prayed sometimes, you know, and so I want to help you that you don't look back at 2023 and feel the same way. I want to talk about four ways that we can grow like Jesus, four ways that we can grow like Jesus in 2023. And um, this really actually comes from a scripture verse that I have been praying over my life for a while now. And now that I have a family, actually, it's something that I've been praying over my family now. It's really amazing just to say that. And I've been praying this over them, and so I hope that it's impactful for you. It's really practical today. That's what it is. I have four ways to grow, and then there's three suggested action steps for each one. So really, it's kind of a lot of info. But hey, 
Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you as we reflect on 2022, as we enter 2023. Which of these areas maybe could you grow in the Lord? Or what's the Holy Spirit challenging you to grow in this morning as we're here? And we're going to be looking at God's Word. I want to look at the life of Jesus, specifically a story right after Christmas. Christmas was last week for us. And so in the Bible, Luke chapter 2 is the famous Christmas story where Jesus is born and the angels appear to the shepherds. Beautiful. Many of us know it very well. And so as part of that chapter, there's another story after Christmas. There's another story about Jesus. The Gospels pick up with Jesus' ministry starting at 30 years old. And being that we're all sharing our age today, I guess, uh, it's that that day. I'm 30 years old, so it's kind of cool that I'm like, oh, Jesus and, and me, 30 years old. That's pretty neat. So Jesus started his ministry at 30 years old, and that's where the Gospels pick up the story. Luke is the one exception. He gives us a story in between Christmas and Jesus' ministry at 30 years old. And some of you probably know it already. It's when he's 12 years old. He's a child, and his family goes to the temple. And you remember, why is Luke writing this gospel? Uh, Some of you know how he begins. He's writing it to somebody named Theophilus. Theophilus was a second-generation Christian, so he's somebody who never met Jesus, but he became a believer. And he's like, hey, let me write this down. This is going to help you to grow in your walk with God. And so that's just like all of us in the room. We're, we're the next generation of Christians. We weren't around when Jesus walked to the earth, but so Luke wrote this for us to learn and to grow, and that's why we're going to read it today. So this story, it's in Luke chapter 2, and um, here's the last thing I want to say. I like just pointing this out. This is the only story in Scripture of Jesus' boyhood. You can, uh, if you want to go online, you can find some other stories of when Jesus was a boy, and they're all nonsense. <laughs> They're, they're called the Gnostic Gospels. If you're interested, it, it just, I, want, I like putting this out there because people say, well, I read this somewhere online or I watched a special on the History Channel. Yes, there are multiple things called the Gnostic Gospels. They're written hundreds of years after Christ. This was written, written uh, within a couple, couple years of Jesus' life. They're written hundreds of years after. We only have a couple fragments of them. And usually Jesus is like a troublemaker, trickster, He's like, uh, it, they're, they're really weird. They're just kind of strange. And so uh, a good way to remember it is that the Gnostics are, are nonsense. If, it just, if that helps you, if somebody ever brings that up, well, I heard that Jesus one time did this thing with pigeons. There's a story. Yeah, it's nonsense, okay? It's not, the Gnostics are nonsense. We're going to read what Holy Scripture says about Jesus when he was 12. So let's read it. It's Luke chapter 2, verse 41 is where we're picking up. And here's where, what it says. Every year... Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy, Jesus, stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? 
but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. They would have traveled every single year to this festival, would have been in a caravan, so it kind of makes sense that maybe they lost track. Jesus is close to what's considered an adult at this point, and so they lose track of him. They search for a while once they realize he's missing. He's in the temple courts. This is where the temple is this huge structure where the sacrifices are, and people come, and Jesus is there with the leading people talking and asking questions. They were amazed at the wisdom he had, and you can see many people believe that Uh, Luke interviewed Mary for this information. That's how we have so much about the birth story from her perspective. And it says Mary treasured all these things in her heart. It's like, that's how I felt when I, I didn't know what was going on, but I treasured it. It It's just so cool. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with men. This is the verse that for me, for a long time, I've begun to pray this over my life, that God, would you help me to grow in wisdom and stature, and favor with you and with people. And now I've been praying it over my family, and that's, I think, what you could pray over your life in 2023. That word grow, Jesus grew. It's a Greek word, prokopto. It's not an accident. It's not um, unintentionally. It means to go ahead, to go forward, to advance, to cut forward. He grew. He advanced. He cut forward in these areas. And so, Four ways to grow like Jesus in 2023. These are the four ways that I think you can grow like Jesus in 2023. The first one is intellectually. If you want to grow closer to the Lord in 2023, I want to challenge you to grow intellectually. Jesus, you know, he knew the facts. It says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and men. Now, of course, Jesus, Jesus is God. He's the second person of the Trinity. Did he have to grow or learn anything at all? No, as God, of course not. But in Hebrews, it talks about Jesus learned obedience. What we mean is a progressive accomplishment of God's will. He did become flesh. He did become a person. He was born as a baby. So yes, he went through the normal human development process. And as Jesus grew, he did not ignore his intellect. You see this play out in Jesus' ministry. Again, Luke's giving us a little window before the ministry starts. Jesus grew in these areas. And then now when he's 30, you see him do this stuff. You see him out debate the Pharisees. He's able to point out what's wrong with their thinking. And he knows enough about their philosophy, their belief system, to point what's inconsistent about it. He's smart. Jesus is smart. He knows the, he knows the current events of his day. He didn't just bury his head in the sand. Sometimes Christians, we, 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 we don't pay attention to what's going on. Jesus knew what was going on. He knew how to respond. But we don't even have to look beyond this story. Look what it says in the verse before, verse 51. He went down to Nazareth, and he was obedient to his parents. He was obedient. And so it's pretty accepted. Most believe that Joseph, his father, his earthly father, died before Jesus began his ministry, which means Jesus would have taken up the carpentry trade in place of his father, providing for his family. And so growing intellectually, Jesus grew intellectually simply by knowing his trade, growing in the gifts and the opportunities that God gave him even before his ministry began. 
And look, Jesus actually says this. Somebody asked him, what's the greatest commandment? What's the greatest thing you can do? We have a lot of resolutions we can make in 2023. Jesus says the greatest thing you can do with your life is to love the Lord your God. But what does he say? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, all of your mind. All of your mind and all of your strength. And so loving God with our mind, growing intellectually, this is the model of Jesus, and this is the commandment of Jesus. There are many Christians that feel, you know, um, to, uh, you know, to grow intellectually is, is separate from being spiritual. Our culture acts that way. Sometimes we act that way. Well, there's faith, and then there's work. There's faith, and then there's my family. There's faith, and then there's school. There's faith, and then there's science. We compartmentalize. But we see from the life of Jesus, we don't compartmentalize those things. We grow in those ways. And so I want to challenge you. You want to grow in your walk with the Lord? Grow intellectually. So how do you grow intellectually? How do you move forward? Again, um, being faithful with the gifts and the passions God has given you. God gave you a brain, so you use it. You know, if you're, I'm a pastor, so I'm not in the medical field. That's like not my thing. But there's a lot of people in our church that are, are in the medical field, or we have some teachers, you know, lots of different professions and careers represented in our church. Loving God intellectually is going all the way and, and loving your career and giving God glory as you do so. There's no, you don't have to compartmentalize the passions that God gave you and your love for God. Bring it together. Use your brain. And I love, this is a quote by a famous um, figure in the scientific revolution, Johannes Kepler. He said, science is the process of thinking God's thoughts after him. And so it's not a separation. And so loving God intellectually, these are some suggested action steps. You don't have to do, I, I got so many here, but here's three that you could do. One is to read this book called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, very famous book. C.S. Lewis is a famous Christian thinker. He was an atheist who became a Christian, uh, very well known. You've probably heard of him. If you've never read this book, I would challenge you, if you want to grow intellectually in your walk with God, you should read this. This is a book that probably every Christian should read. It's called Mere Christianity. And right now we're reading it as a staff as well. Uh, So it's a great book. If you want to grow intellectually... Pick up a fire Bible or any type of study Bible. This is my Bible right here. It's just the Bible. You can also get a Bible where there are study notes so you can learn more about what you're reading. The fire Bible in particular has a lot of articles. People sometimes ask me theological questions. Hey, Pastor Matt, what do we believe about this? Or, well, my friend asked me this one time. What do you think? And you know, half the time I go and I I reference an article in, in that fire Bible and then I think about it and I'll get back to them or whatever So if you want to grow in your faith, pick up a study Bible, get a fire Bible. And of course, join a life group if you want to grow intellectually. Ray and Joan just did a group. They just wrapped up a group called Seven Reasons Why You Can Trust the Bible. Man, that was an awesome group. That's a great way to grow intellectually. We've had some other Zoom groups, Doctrine of the Holy Spirit and things like that. So four ways to grow like Jesus. I want to challenge you to grow intellectually. The second way is this, grow physically. Grow physically in your walk with God. Jesus worked hard. Jesus worked hard. <clears throat> so when we, Rebecca and I first got married, we had um, electric heat at the place we were at, and every single room had its own heating thing. I had not lived in my own apartment before, and um, each of them said, 
there was a little zone that said comfort zone. It said comfort zone. And you had the dial and you turned it up to comfort zone. So before we went on our honeymoon, I turned up every single dial to comfort zone because I was like, it was cold. I don't want the pipes to freeze. I don't know. I came back and my electric bill was $600. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't know. And uh, yeah, whatever. That's just how, that's how you learn sometimes. And so comfort zone became like a curse word. <laughs> For Rebecca and I, for a while, like, uh, somebody come over, oh, let me turn it to the comfort zone. No, no, don't do it. (laughs) And, you know, similarly for us, sometimes we've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to get out of our comfort zone metaphorically, but also just physically. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. In stature, of course, he grew physically, again, part of the normal human development. But also you see Jesus work hard all throughout his ministry Jesus walked, they estimate, well over 3,000 miles in his three-year ministry. He walked everywhere. Um, So a lot of movement there. would go on to mountains to teach or pray. Jesus, of course, went to the cross. He endured something physical. And this is a famous verse when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. Luke gives us this picture. Being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus worked hard. What does Jesus say in the greatest commandment? The greatest thing you can do in your life is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and say it with all of your strength. So how do I love God with all my strength? Let me ask you, when's the last time that you sweat for Jesus When's the last time that you were sweating because you were serving God? And these areas, you may lean one way or the other. For me, loving God with the intellect, that's a little easier for me. So this one, I may have to try a little harder to to serve or something like that, to sweat for Jesus. When's the last time you physically got out of your comfort zone? The CDC says if you get out of your physical comfort zone, you do physical activity, there are enormous health benefits for you. There are physiological health benefits to just being active. And so when it comes to growing in your walk with God in 2023, what are some ways you can grow physically, sweat for Jesus? I thought about recommending a book for you, but then I realized that wouldn't make any sense, would it? To recommend a book about how you should grow physically, no, no, you should do something. And so the number one thing you can do is serve at church. And I want to say huge shout out to everybody serving today. New Year's Day, man, you could have slept in. You could have said, oh, I was up late last night. Thank you to everyone, the media team, ushers, greeters, worship team, welcome table, video stream right now. Thank you, everybody, for being here. That's what it's called, getting out of your comfort zone, waking up early, being here, using your gifts for the Lord. That's awesome. And so if you want to grow physically, you can serve at church. Some other two examples I had was, Right now, Rich is leading Serve the City Life Group. This is something we started last, uh, last round. Serving at Open Door Food Pantry right in Freehold Borough. Maybe you've never volunteered at a food pantry before. Get out of your physical comfort zone and try it. I'm so glad there's a few people in our church that have begun to plug in there. That's awesome. So if you want to grow physically, well, I've never done that before. Well, well what, what is it like? I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, good. Go try it. If you want to grow in the Lord, Get out of your comfort zone, and and we usually host our walk and talk group as well, just another one, uh, to get out of your comfort zone as well. And so four ways to grow like Jesus, intellectually, physically. The third one is spiritually, spiritually. How can we grow 
grow spiritually. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. So saying Jesus was spiritual is kind of like saying water's wet, like we know, okay. (laughs) But Jesus knew his father. Jesus knew his father. Jesus modeled this for his followers to know. Look, even in the story at the temple that we just read, his answer to his parents are, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Jesus knew his father and he had this sense of mission, what God wants for me, not just what I want for me, what God wants for me. And Luke tells us later, during Jesus' ministry, Jesus would often slip into the wilderness and pray by himself. He would slip out and pray. These are habits and these are things that Jesus had that he didn't start once he was 30 years old and he had a ministry to take care of. These are things that he was doing as early as 12 years old. Luke gives us that little window. Look what Jesus was like. And man, he's modeling that for us. It says that he grew in favor with God. That word favor, it's a Greek word charis, it's the word for grace. Grace, unmerited favor, something I didn't deserve that God pours out on me. That's what I pray over my life. That's what you can pray over your life. Lord, pour out your favor over my life. I don't deserve your favor, but God, thank you that you give it to me. Pour out your favor, your grace on my life. Thank you, Lord, for your love. And the greatest commandment, what's he say? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so how do I grow spiritually 2023? Again, like any New Year's resolution, you may say, well, I want to grow more. I want to read my Bible more. I want to pray more. I want to work out more, you know, like any New Year's resolution. But a lot of those things, we don't keep up with them because they're not measurable. They're, they're not specific enough. I want to work out more. I want, I, want to, I want to read my Bible more. Well, how, you know, how much more? How much more do you want? What do you want to read? What do you want to do? How do you want to challenge yourself? Do you want to read the whole Bible in a year? Some people do that. That's a very big challenge. Maybe... Do you want to read books of the Bible that you've never read before? Maybe you want to get to know one book of the Bible really, really well. I saw somebody recommend read the same book of the Bible for a whole month and do that for a whole year. So you only read 12 books of the Bible, but you're going to know it inside and out. What are some ways? How do you want to grow with God? So this is a way of setting goals. It's called smart goal setting. It's just a way to be, you, you make it specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-limited, I told you it's a lot of info today, but the point is if you want to grow spiritually, kind of decide where you, hey, where am I right now? Where do I want to be in a month? Where do I want to be next year? And so again, some ways to grow is to read your Bible. Um, I gave some examples of, of how you can read your Bible. Another example, another way, rule of thumb is um, to have a time, a text, and a place. I've heard this as well. Um, like, man, I, I want to keep up with my Bible more and it's difficult for me. Well, no, answer these questions. What What's, what text are you reading? What time are you reading it? And where are you going to read your Bible? That's going to help you to be consistent. Also, a book that meant a lot to me is What If Jesus Was Serious About Prayer? Short little devotional. If you want to grow in your prayer life, this really helped me so much. When I talked about prayer being a chore for me, um, this really helped me with that. And of course, join a life group. You want to grow spiritually? Don't be above joining a life group. Hey, get, get in, plugged into a life group. So I know we got a lot today moving fast. The fourth way, we got four ways to grow like Jesus intellectually, physically, spiritually, and the last one is relationally. If you want to grow like Jesus in 2023, grow relationally. Since Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man or with people. 
God, Jesus was a people person. Jesus cared about people. This is when he saw people, the crowds, they were like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion for them. The Gospel of John is all about one-on-one encounters that Jesus had. He cared about people. You see, there was a funeral that was going on. A mother had lost her son, and Jesus' heart went out to her. He had compassion for her. Jesus cared about other people. And, I mean, these are incredible words of Jesus. When he was hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. And that's powerful. None of us in the room, I think, are at that point. <laughs> you know, I think uh, Jesus says, uh, right, the greatest thing you can do is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what's he say? The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Like none of us in the room, none of us have mastered this. <laughs> none of us have mastered this. You know, most Americans love themselves more than they love their own spouse or their family. And so loving your neighbor, loving your neighbor the way you love yourself, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. You know, a lot of times we like to mask it. Well, I'm, I, this is how I grew up or I'm this nationality or whatever. Okay, fine. But let's grow relationally in our walk with God. That word love, he says to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. It comes from the root Greek word for love, agape, right? Which is an unconditional love. It's the love that God has for us. An unconditional love. No matter how we've sinned, no matter how we've failed, no matter how we've been distracted, God continues to love us and to demonstrate his love. And so for you, loving your neighbor, you want to grow relationally, love them unconditionally, even when the conditions are that they're annoying. Your neighbor's annoying. Well, that's a condition, and loving them unconditionally means I'm going to love them anyway. Even when your neighbors are people that you don't like being around. When the conditions are that they've maybe hurt you, we love them unconditionally, our friends, our family, our coworkers, our physical neighbors. Even if they've talked bad about me, even if last night my physical neighbors were blowing fireworks literally right outside my window at 1230. <laughs> okay, well, those were my conditions. God says to love unconditionally. Jesus commands us. And so if you want to grow relationally, here's my last couple suggested action steps. If you want to try it out, I've been trying to recommend a book for each of these. One book is called The Doubter's Club. This is written by an Assemblies of God pastor. This will really challenge you. It's a very easy read, a very challenging book. But this book is all about how to have better conversations with people who are not Christian. So if you want to grow relationally, Jesus loved to hang out with people who weren't Christian all the time, or you know, weren't believers. And so if you, want to, if you feel like you struggle to connect with somebody who doesn't go to church or share the same beliefs as you, this is a great book. Again, it's going to challenge you. But it's going to help you to have a better conversation with someone who doesn't believe in God. Also, join a life group. Pastor Bonnie is doing a life group called Table Fellowship. And it's literally going to be after church on Sunday where we're going to, they're going to sit around a table and talk. Talk to each other and talk about the message and kind of just do the model that we see in Scripture of eating a meal and hanging out. And, and, and that's spiritual, you know, when you make it about the Lord. And so join the Table Fellowship group Pastor Bonnie's going to do. Or just get to know somebody different from you. If you want to grow relationally like Jesus, Jesus hung out with people who were different than him. 
And you know what? Even in our own church, there are people different from you. This is a great day today because there's people from first and second service here today. So maybe just say hi to someone before you go. I forget that there's that mix because I see everybody. But, man, there's people you may, maybe you don't recognize. There's different political views in our church. There are people are different from you in our church. So get to know someone different from you if you want to grow relationally like Jesus. So four ways to grow like Jesus. It says Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature, in favor with God and man. That's a verse that you can pray over your life in 2023. And it's a verse you can put into practice by growing intellectually, using your mind, growing physically, growing spiritually, and growing relationally. And so here's what we want to do. I'm going to invite Megan and any, anyone else who's coming up to come up front, give us some music behind us. We're going to move to a time of communion. The ushers can get ready. And I want to say, everybody who's joined us online, thank you for being part of the service today. I hope that you can reflect on what we've talked about today. And we're going to now move to a time of communion. And so um, for all of us in the room, as the ushers are getting ready, and as music begins to play behind us, let's have a few minutes of reflection as we wrap up, as we now enter into 2023, as we take communion Christmas time, we remember the Lord's birth, and that's what we celebrate. But Jesus was born. He came. He had a mission from the Father, and it was to forgive us of our sins. He died on the cross. And so there's really no better way to start the new year than to take communion together. And so as the ushers, they get ready, they can come up front, and as, as they begin to distribute the elements, take a few moments to be with the Lord. Maybe reflect on what we've just talked about. I know I just did a lot of talking Think about where you've been in 2022 and maybe how the Lord wants you to grow in 2023. Which of these areas God is speaking to you right now as they begin to pass out the elements?